go, yes, we roll. Taste 360 degrees. High, high, 360 degrees. High, high, 306. 306. 360 degrees. High, high. Welcome to Full Circle. Thank you, listeners, for bearing with us while we adjust to a new board. If by chance things go sideways, we'll be back with you as soon as possible. During this year plus of the COVID pandemic, we've come to a greater awareness of the importance of paying attention to health maintenance. On tonight's show, we talk with Dr. Amelia Barilli about ways to relieve stress, boost, and heal ourselves. Check in with Omawali Fowles and Asan Guptapa Mahawe about health challenges and nutritional solutions that impact communities of color. We're your hosts, Miss M. M and Shiloh B. Please stay with us. Our first guest is Dr. Amelia Barilli. She's been a longtime instructor of yoga and Qigong in Berkeley and at the Mount Madonna Center in Monterey. Welcome, Dr. Barilli. Hi, it's a pleasure to be with you. May we call you Amelia? Claro. <laughs> muy bien, muy bien. Okay, so first we're going to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself vis-a-vis yoga and Qigong. Um, oh, that's a very long story, but let's make it short. I um, loved uh, yoga. I practiced it on my own, and I decided I needed to go to the sources and learn directly in India. So I went to a school that trained yoga teachers to teach yoga in India in the early 70s. And I uh, was to school in the mountains from early morning to evening every day. Um, we were practicing classical yoga, which is not only the asanas, but also the breathing, the fasting, um, how to use yoga therapy related to emotions. And then I started, uh, after learning all that, I um, started learning with um, all Chinese masters, Qigong, medical Qigong. And I love that the two of them, See the body as a well. See the human being, the human organism, as a continuation of body, mind, and spirit, and they work directly with the energy that uh, we have in our body. That's totally connected to the ways we think and to our emotions and the way we respond to whatever shows up in our life. So I had dedicated over 40 years of my life to teach this and uh, keep studying every day and learning more. Great. Can you tell us a little bit more about what your inspiration to begin your study of both yoga and Qigong is? Yes. Um, I was a very nerdy person, you know, a very good student. I even came to the United States with a Fulbright, and I thought, oh, I'm going to find all these answers by being in another culture, living more or less on my own. But it only just presented more questions. So I was trying to find the answers through intellectual ways, you know, figuring things out. And it never satisfied me. And so I thought, well, 
Maybe I need to look in the old sources of all these ancient sources. Maybe I'll, I'll find something that seems more complete, more integrative. And um, I arrived to India, and I remember the te- one of the um, main teachers there asked me, why are you here? And I said, well, I want to study the scriptures and find out, you know, how to find peace, happiness, uh, well-being. And um, and he said, um, "Are you? Can you be kind when your toe hurts?" And I just went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was trying to tell me, you know, that it wasn't about figuring it out in the mind. That I had to really work with all the dimensions of my being, with the body, the mind, the emotions, and uh, it totally put my world upside down. You know, I started dedicating myself to see what was this integration of body, mind, and spirit, and also the fact that that we are not alone, you know, we are not separate. A lot also comes from the way we relate and how we relate, and yeah, so that was my inspiration, trying to find something that would make sense at a deep level, and, and that I could use it today. How do the disciplines of yoga and Qigong differ from each other? Oh, what a great question. Um, Well, yoga, as it's known in the West, is more about asanas or postures, but really it also includes uh, slow movements, meditation, and, uh, and it talks about chakras, vortexes of energy, while in Qigong they talk more about there are also some vortexes of energy, the uh, lower dantian, middle dantian, upper dantian, the, uh, the energy centers at the abdomen, the heart, and the forehead. But they talk especially about rivers of energy, you know, like the meridians what that go along the points of acupuncture. And um, it's... Um, Yoga in the practice of asana tends to be more static. You are you get in the posture and then you have to relax into it, just to stay, not competing with yourself or with any anyone else. Take the pose and uh, the asana and sit there without struggling. And a qigong is more with slow movement, you know, in the in the physical aspect, the more evident aspect. But then deep in both of them work with. Uh, coming inwards, coming back home to a space of stillness, and from there finding healing and creativity. Tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing now, the the Saturday classes. Uh, Okay, thank you. Um, Since the beginning of the pandemic, I started to offer free online workshops every Saturday, at 11, uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning uh, in Spanish and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I put those links in my website, ameliabarilli.com, A-M-E-L-I-A, Barilli, B as for Berkeley, A-R-I-L as for Lola, I, ameliabarilli.com. And I started doing that because I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't know if you remember back then, but... Uh, I realized that more than the the pandemic and the infection of the um, COVID, 
what was happening was a pandemic of fear and anguish. You know, people were afraid. They were afraid that they could get the COVID and they would die. They were afraid that other people could pass it on to them. There was a little bit of animosity with people wearing masks or not wearing masks and not keeping the distance and, you know, jogging and whatever without a mask. So I thought, okay, what we need here is we need to learn to relax. I mean, because it's it's tragic, but the more people get upset and worried and with anxiety and fear, it blocks the immune system. So from the point of view of the pandemic itself, the best way to uh, work with it and develop resilience is by relaxing. And the best way to, because then the immune system can work at its fullest and can deal with whatever is presented. Um, and we were experiencing a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety, very natural. But, you know, that was to me the the most um, dangerous thing that was happening uh, at the community level and also at a personal level. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start teaching these techniques, which are about taking care of ourselves and uh, about relaxing and about working with our immune system. And I also thought that it was a great opportunity being quarantined because, you know, it just kind of forced us all to slow down. And it was a great opportunity to start taking better care of ourselves, to start knowing ourselves better, how we respond, how we react, and how we can start sensing our inner space and how can we learn these easy practices that anyone can do that don't have contraindications and integrate them in our daily lives. So I thought that it, it could be good and I thought it would be just for a few months, but <laughs> I started in March 2019 and I'm still doing it um, because People always have challenges. I mean, I have several people in the in the workshops that are in wheelchairs. There are people that have cancer, other people that have lost dear ones in COVID, some people that have lost their jobs, some people that are upset about the ecological uh, situation right now, and others that are worried about the political situation. So I just work with all of them and um, work on how to let go of fear, anxiety, depression, uh, how to face challenges. Um, this next Saturday is about developing flexibility and strength because sometimes we have inner or outer strength, but we are not flexible. And sometimes we are very flexible, but we are all over the place and we need to develop also some inner strength uh, or physical stress. So I'm going to be talking about that and sharing uh, practices with people. I always talk a little bit and then I share practices that are like the homework for the week. And then the next Saturday, we keep building on. It's so true. I've really been enjoying joining you all these Saturdays for the weekly practice. And I'm wondering, it's been really grounding and soothing on a deep level. And I'm wondering how it has evolved for you over the past 16 months. You know, it was just so beautiful because I started, again, thinking that it would be just for a few months and that it was mainly a service to the community. But it really gave me a community in themselves. I mean, it, the, the people showing up every Saturday and sharing with me how they were doing. Some of them 
uh, got COVID and then how they went, they recovered from COVID. And, you know, it's just, it's such a big joy. I thought I was doing it for others and it ended up giving me enormous support and community during all this time. So it just, uh, uh, I mean, it confirmed things that I knew uh, before, but I never had experienced it so, so intensely. Uh, working with people uh, through Zoom and um, just feeling their love too. I mean, we at the end send love to uh, people that are struggling and also to other people that are practicing. And it's just beautiful. I mean, I highly recommend to anyone who's listening this that whatever talents they have, they uh, think of some way of sharing it and um, using it with other people that, you know, it, we are all really uh, longing for more connection and uh, for more integration. And so I, I think there is enormous potential in all of us. And um, it can be expressed and manifested in different ways. I just want to speak a little bit about my own experience. I've attended Amiga's classes, uh, one online, but I've attended the ones in, in uh, person. And I've attended uh, some other yoga classes in other places. But I really appreciate, what I really appreciate is her integrative technique and, and focus. And she has a certain tenura, a certain nourishing aspect that she brings <laughs> to her, um, her classes, you know, the pacing. It's not like, I mean... This probably isn't true of all yoga instructors, but, you know, some of them, you know, they have a certain routine and you're expected to keep up. But she has a certain pacing that's more adaptive and she has a patience when she's delivering her classes. So um, now that they are online, um, I would suggest that you folks who want to find out more, check out her website for that. Yeah, and I would like to invite people also if um, if some people want to learn. I mean, because we have been with the pandemic for so long, and you know, even when we the the numbers are going down and the, uh, we are a little bit with a little bit more relief, um, we have been under stress for so long that um, some people are languishing. You know, are are finding difficult to connect with their sources of inner joy. So I'm I'm offering a retreat uh, June 19th and 20th um, through Mount Madonna, and it's, it's online. Uh, but people can go to mountmadonna.org and then in the calendar find out. Um, it's called Rediscovering Joy through Yoga and Qigong, and um, we will be working with how to uh, face challenges some practices to overcome fear, anxiety, depression, a particular practice to awaken and sustain joy from the inside out, um, some ways to sleep better. And since the summer is coming, that we'll be integrating practices that come from Qigong for the season of summer, which is the season of um, the heart and love and uh, fire. The, the heat, the warmth, the, our, our warmth, our nurturing warmth. So does that, that bode uh, for does that bode for 
better <laughs> experiences in the world, less stress and more um, uh, warmth, more tenderness, because um, I will freely admit that the stress, I feel the stress, even though in many ways it's like, well, you don't have to go out every day or you don't have to, you know, do these things that you... Otherwise, in the in the rat race of things, the way that they take place here in this country, we just feel like, you know, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to ha do so much hurrying. The traffic at the beginning was so much less, and oh, I thought that was such a blessing. So um, are we looking forward to some of the change, to a better environment given some of the changes that we've had to adjust to? Yeah, I mean, I think we it's impossible to go back to how it was before. I mean, we have woken up to so many things. I mean, the, to start with, the way that we are all interrelated uh, for positive and for, um, for survival. So unless we all have access to good health, good um, healthy systems you know um, unless we all kind of cooperate with each other we are in the same boat so so i think we are awakening in a community sense and we are also awakening to some of our own needs because before when we were running 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 we didn't have time to think uh, am i really happy with this so is this what my body is wanting is this what my mind or my heart is needing how can i start sensing a little bit more uh what's going on and how can i nourish myself because after all i mean life is short and precious so why not to try to make the best of each day we have so I, I also want to ask, um, because you mentioned a little bit about the cross-section of people who have been in the class online. Some people might think, oh, I am too old, or I am too weak, or I am too stiff. Can one start from anywhere and get benefit from this discipline? Totally, because it's mainly how to work with your mind and heart and your perspectives and uh and also starting right where you are for example uh one of the people that has been coming regularly to the saturday workshops the two o'clock in english is a person in wheelchair who only can move one arm and so uh when i do the movements for two arms uh, the whole group all of us do it with one arm first just one half and then we adjust the other half. And then um, I also work with the recent findings of neurobiology, and they say the same that yoga and Qigong in classical times, they say if you visualize the other hand moving or the other arm, something happens within your body that um, that's healing. You know, so on the one hand, we do it first with one arm and uh, all of us, so to accompany the friend who only can move one hand, and then we move it with the other hand. And then while we are, we practice that again. And uh, in the second round, we move one hand and we imagine that the other one is also moving. And then only uh, we move the two hands, those of us that can move two hands. 
and to arms. So um, it's very much, you know, you, you do what you can. And of course, we don't compare with each other or anything. And it's very interesting because um, there is now a whole neuroscience of well-being and neuroscience of uh, meditation. And it's saying the same that uh, classical yoga uh, was saying and that Qigong says that uh, everything is interconnected. The brain, the heart, even the microbiome, the intestine. The, and, and so when we do these things, like we do first work with one um, half of the body, we are also bringing the attention in and we are moving very slowly. And it produces a sense of relaxation and of letting go, um, which is very good from the point of view of healing and of resting. Um, I have another person who had problems uh, sleeping. She was always on, you know, always doing something, always uh, paying attention to uh, emails, to uh, audiobooks, to everything. I mean, there was no one moment of silence in her life, and she couldn't sleep very well. And I started to say, okay, let's cut a little bit of that, and let's, let's try to see if we can be more happy with less things happening. And... Uh, bringing the attention inward. Once once you start bringing the attention inward, a whole universe manifests to you. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. They call that interoception in the neuroscience of well-being, and it's uh, starting to have a sense of what your body is telling you at any moment and how to accompany the body and respond to it in simple ways. I really want to thank you for the work that you do, Amelia, because you're so radiant and joyful when you're guiding the practices and guiding the participants that it's really healing to witness. And it's it's really um, the power of the pause and the embodiment of the pause that you're talking about right now. It's It's really inspiring. And I think that you lead us with love and we can see the potential of self-healing and you doing that simultaneously with us on this journey, it's really contagious and it's really beautiful to be in the presence of. So thank you so much. You are listening to Full Circle. I'm sorry, uh, just a little quick station ID. We're listening to Full Circle here at KPFA 94.1 FM, and we're talking with Dr. Amelia Barili, Cal Berkeley language instructor, as well as an instructor in the practice of yoga and Qigong. And we, we also want to find out um, how people can find you. Uh, they can find me by looking uh, my website. So if they go to Amelia Barili, A-M-E-L-I-A, Barili, B for Berkeley, A-R-I-L, as for Lola, I, AmeliaBarili.com, then uh, there they can find the links to um, the free workshops. If we start today the, at 11 o'clock in Spanish and 2 o'clock in English, they will also find... Um, the, the link for Mama Donna, or they can go directly to mamadonna.org for this retreat that's coming up on June 19th and 20th. And they will find uh, the, the New Paradigms videos. So I have a YouTube, 
site that's called The New Paradigms. And if you want to find it, you go to YouTube and put The New Paradigms Amelia Marilli. And there, there are many of these um, fragments from the workshops uh, with the techniques. So anyone who hasn't yet been able to participate and perhaps is trying to find how to sleep better or how to forgive himself and others or herself uh, or you know different kinds of practices some of them are in spanish some are in english some are about guided meditations short guided meditations uh release points all kinds of things the new paradigms Amelia Barili. all that you can find if you go to my website ameliabarili.com and we will have links to this information on kbfaapprentice.org webpage. Those will be posted after tonight's show. I have one other question for you, if you are willing, Amelia, which is you talk about the power of yoga and qigong for creativity and self-healing, and I wanted to know if you wanted to expand on that a little bit. Um, yes. Um Basically, when we, okay, most of the time we are preoccupied, right? We are wearing, mm -hmm. we are preoccupied with our thoughts about the past, about the future, uh, what might happen, da da da. That blocks, you know, it, it, it blocks our immune system, but it also blocks our creativity because our space is occupied preoccupied with um, negative thoughts or worrying thoughts or whatever. I mean, there are studies that show that we have a five to one tendency to worry and mm -hmm. totally natural, uh, but we need to do a concerted effort to start creating new grooves in our brain, new synapses, new connections between the neurons in our brain, so that um, when a problem comes, instead of going into these um, cycles of negative thoughts, we are able to stop that. I mean, realize, oh, okay, this is going on. And it may, it may take several times, you know, because you have been doing it for years and years. But if you start thinking, oh, I think I would like to respond in a different way. And then you start paying attention and um, breathe, relax, uh, let go of the old, take in the new breath, um, new inspiration, let go of the worries and all that. This is, that's a technique, for example, which is very simple. Um, but in general, it would be that, that if we can let stop those negative thinking that um, has a life of its own and it keeps proliferating, if we can uh, interrupt it. We are not repressing it and we are not ignoring it. Because if we do that, we will never solve it. We need to embrace whatever the problem is, be willing to be with it, be willing to breathe uh, through it while we observe and relax. And then eventually it starts to dissolve. Uh, healing energy comes in for physical things, emotional things. And also new insights come. Because once you create a little bit more of a space in, then this, uh, insights start to pop up and you still have the same problem but now you are not totally close up and stagnated with it um, you start finding new solutions new approaches to that problem so that's so beautiful 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your light and your creativity and your self-healing journey with us and the capacity to create new neural pathways, interrupt the space, the power of the pause, and to really breathe into um, what we need and checking in with ourselves and moving the energy through. I love what you said about not ignoring or repressing. We're just interrupting for a moment. Is this really where we want to be going in this moment? And what, what, if not, where can we go? I think it's really powerful. I recommend people check out her um, workshop on the 19th and 20th. We'll have a link on the website, um, kpfaapprentice.org for that. And also listeners will be back with more guests talking about health and disproportionate health impacts. Here Comes the Sun, sung by George Harrison and Paul Simon. This is Full Circle, and we're your hosts, Miss Sam and Shiloh Burton. Shiloh. During this segment, we're going to talk about some of the particular health challenges faced by communities of culture, as Resma Menikin says, otherwise known as communities of color. If people weren't previously aware, COVID-19 has really highlighted how people of African-American or Latinx ancestry have greater health challenges and are disproportionately and seriously impacted by this global pandemic. Also, all people, but particularly folks of culture, are impacted by good nutrition or the lack thereof. Up next, we speak with Omawali Falls, a former Berkeley Health Commissioner, Harvard, UC, and UCLA graduate, an outstanding nutrition expert. We're also joined by nutritionist Dasan Guptaka Mahawe, who recently participated as a panelist on a Zoom education and wellness seminar. In addition, he's co-founder and co-owner of Naturally Herbs, CMOS, and more in Richmond. May we call you Umawali and Dasan? Hi, thank you for having us today. Thank you for having us. Sure. So let's start with you, Omawali, if that's if I can call you Omawali. Otherwise, I will be more <laughs> I will be more formal. Fine. Please tell us about the seminar. Uh, what did it cover, and will it be continuing? Yes, this is our second seminar uh, for this year. We're going to have two more. <clears throat> it's called Immune System Strengthening 
And uh, the point of this was to get people to realize that within the culture of the African-American community and the African-Caribbean and all of the African community and the diaspora as well as uh, continentally, we already have the foundations of immune strengthening within our own culture, but because of the oppression that we've suffered and the types of uh, brainwashing that we've gone through, uh, we have not been able to keep up with all of it. Many of us still do practice certain things like um, what we call old-fashioned remedies or things from grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and great-grandpa and uncle so-and-so. And we think of them as sort of cute little home remedies, but we don't recognize the fact that these are actually scientific and that they do work for our particular norms. And so one of the things that we have found, um, and then uh, and particularly uh, these will be covered by Brother Desan, is that there is a balance in the cooking recipes in most African dishes. The whole presence of onions and tomatoes together is the bringing together of the alkaline and the and the acidic. The tomatoes are acidic and the onions are alkaline. And when you use that as a base, we use that as a base for spaghetti sauces. We use it for bait as a base for um, West African peanut stew. We use it as a base for chili. We use it as a base for all of those um, hot sauces that, that people think are strictly from St. Louis or from Texas and all those kinds of things. And then we add the various peppers and other spices and what we don't realize is that we are actually developing a balanced something close to what the the um, uh, ph of water is the ph of water is seven and a ph just to clean that up a little bit is the acidity uh, measurement that's used whenever you're trying to find out if someone is sick and if they have been invaded by either uh, bacteria or fungus or virus or whatever. And um, that pH level of water stays constant at 7. But the body's pH, when you are at its peak of wellness, is 6.8, just a little bit below water. And what we have found is that um, as we have moved more and more into uh, a non-African-oriented type of culture and politics and society, our health status indicators have shown that we have become more and more ill because of the hostility of the racism, because of the the, um, not the, the standard of health not having any relationship whatsoever to the African physical uh, body. And so we found that our hypertension rates are off the charts we are actually higher than 120 over 80. And that's not a standard that was built on an African model, but it was built on a European model of a 25-year-old white man who was not sick at all. Uh, Diabetes, the same thing, the A1Cs, the the cholesterol levels, the the sugar uh, levels in your bloodstream, again, the same thing. And what we're finding is that when... African researchers and when uh, African-oriented scientists study the construction and the elements 
and the proportions of those elements. The elements are not different. All human beings have the same thing, but our proportions differ because we do have alternate um, DNA molecules. We all do, you know, across the the human spectrum, and but we also all also have talents, and our DNA represents those talents and so forth. So difference is actually normative as opposed to the way we have been raised to think that there is only one standard and any difference that anything that diverts from that difference is uh, defective or inferior. And so what has happened is that our um, health status indicators, that which is called obesity, that which is called diabetes, that which is called hypertension or high, high blood pressure, or that which is called um, uh, excess uh, mucus in the body or too much fat. We have not really looked at what is normative in terms of our musculoskeletal system and found out what are the norms of African people. We have just been shoved over into the Western European monocultural model and said, okay, you guys don't fit this, so you're below or you're above. But just to show you how the racism operates, recently, and when I say recently, I mean within the last let's say last 10, 15 years or so, the Hispanic community has had smaller numbers of infant and maternal mortality. In other words, their infant mortality is going down. Their maternal mortality is going down. Okay. And so they have actually become the standard. They should be the standard for maternal and, and infant mortality. They are not. The standard is still white people, and that European model is being shoved down everybody's throats so that when you look at their, the divergence of African-American uh, infant mortality and maternal mortality, you find out that we're very, very high up in the 17 per, per thousand or more than that, and that the, the white community is somewhere between eight and, uh, between uh, uh, 9 and 10, and the Hispanic community is down in 6 and 7. Well, then normally... You would think, okay, so the lowest, the lowest mortality rate would win because they're not having as many deaths. But nobody is doing that in the science. The science is still focused on that one euro model model. And so what we're trying to do now is to show people, okay, let's take control of our own medicine. Let's take control of our own immune system. God didn't make no junk, so let's take control of our immune system and see what we can do to strengthen this and get out of all of these negative health status indicators. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about what steps can be taken to get out of this negative and what you found has worked and what maybe um, any kind of barriers or struggles you've had in trying to take those steps. And if anybody okay, has well. the radio on, please turn it down because I'm hearing a little bit of echo someplace. Really? Oh, I turned my radio off. Um, I had I had wanted uh, to read into Brother Dasan's comment comments because I think that he has a more comprehensive version than I. But I do have some things that I wanted to share from our di from our uh, hypertension testing <clears throat> and from our diabetes testing. Uh, one of the things that we found is that people are not drinking enough water often enough, mm -hmm. and they are not drinking the um, substances or, or liquids that are improving 
their omega-3 levels or their omega-6 levels. So that would be things like um, extra virgin olive oil in your food or in your salads and uh, maybe a half of a lemon, you know, squeezed on the lemon on the, uh, into the, into the uh, oil and mixed up together maybe with a few spices like oregano or something like that because all of these come together and again, moving toward that balance of 6.8, that body acidity um, level optimum, those things work together to pull you out of the extreme acidity. Extreme acidity would be down in the areas of 6.6, 6.5, 6.4, and that's when illness takes over and you find that your temperature starts to go up because your fever is attempting to, um, your fever is attempting to... You you have heat inside uh, you, I guess. I mean, um, that's quite worrying. Yeah, yeah, you you have your own body temperature, which will burn up anything that is operating opposite your best equilibrium. The other thing that we found is that in uh, hypertension, um... And in doing blood pressure testing, we've been doing blood pressure testing since uh, 2013 on a monthly basis. We were doing it once a year, um, but we have since moved to a, a monthly model. And we have found that people who watch what they're eating, not necessarily not eating, but actually just make slight changes, watch the labels, read the labels and be sure they're not getting excessive sugar excessive salt and it's both salt and sugar no you know everybody in hypertension work has been saying oh yeah you got to get rid of the salt you got to get rid of the salt well it's actually both because the presence of sugar in your system drives out or burns out the vitamin b complexes in your central nervous system that makes you crave more because you're not getting enough nutrition or not enough nutrients And then the salt itself has a positive and a negative effect on the cell wall. Each cell in the human body has to have a balance of certain kinds of minerals and certain kinds of of salts. And uh, Brother Dasan will tell you about that. But the three that that we looked at in um, blood pressure testing were uh, sodium, um, magnesium, potassium from bananas, and um, calcium. And those tend to help with your balance. It helps with your bone structure. It helps with the integrity of the cell wall and the alkalinity or the acidity of the cellular cytoplasm. That's the little water stuff inside your cells. So if you look at your arm, you'll see the outside of your cells. And, you know, sometimes um, after you have bathed or put on lotion and stuff, your your cells look really, really clean and you can see the cell wall. Well, that cell wall has to have a certain amount of integrity. And as you go through your day, if you're not putting enough water in your system in order to create that 6.8 balance, then as you eat and as you consume or even as your body is getting rid of waste products, you can go over your... Uh, pH of 6.8 or the, or the salt concentration in your cells, and then you start having cramps when you when your um, 
not getting enough water or if you're getting too much water in your salt system, your salt level falls too low. So um, what we find is that we really need to be extremely careful about how we treat ourselves and we need to think of ourselves as being worthy and being worth the effort. Because a lot of us have really bought into drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, of, of you know, Western culture. They don't, <laughs> we don't think that we are worthy of the effort to check ourselves, to be sure that we're getting the best of the best. Okay, speaking of checking and, ourselves, I, I have a couple of questions before we move on to Brother Dasan. How does a okay. person, how can a person, first of all, what are the different standards for um, blood pressure since you said the model is based on a uh, European, Caucasian, right. Yeah. So what are, what are the standards for people uh, in the African-American community? And secondly, how does a person measure their pH so they'll know if they're improving or not? Well, there are very inexpensive um, blood pressure mo mo monitors available these days from various um, drugstores, pharmacies, and so forth. But we do blood pressure testing, and now that now that COVID is going away, we may be able to start again because we couldn't get near people. So we haven't been able to do our testing as new, as normal since last February of 2020. But people can test your blood pressure by using a blood pressure cuff or a blood pressure monitor. Some of them, some companies have made very small uh, blood pressure monitors that fit around your wrist like a wristwatch. Right, and so and what should the read what expensive. should the readings be for people? What what should oh, they be looking out? Okay. Yes. One of the things that I'm concerned about is that the medical community has changed its standard. It's now raised the bar from 120 over 80 to 130 over 80, and we're saying that well, that may have some beneficial effect in terms of saying that the African-American community is not in as bad a shape as we thought, but that doesn't remedy the problem. So what we tell people to do is we write down both the original 120 over 80, and then we look at the 120 over the 130 over 80 and um, look to see where the person is from month to month. So you can do this every day. We have members of our church who have actually gone out and bought their own monitors and stopped coming to coming to church and having their blood pressure checked because they do it before they leave home to check their blood pressure. Um, the other thing that can happen is that um, any amount of excitement, any amount of unexpected shocks, you know, like we get, we get, people shot every other day or something, the police are beating up people every other day. That is raising the collective as well as the individual blood pressure of the entire African-American community. So what we're going to start seeing is we're going to start seeing the systolic over diastolic. The systolic is that upper number, the 120, the 130, the 140, which talks about how hard your heart is working. The 80 underneath 80, 85, 90, 95, 100 is your diastolic. That is the uh, beat, the uh, number of uh, beats that your heart is resting at. That's called your resting heart rate. The issue is that the 80 really is a good monitor or really is a good measure of your 
heart resting rate. So we have found that that needed to remain consistent, even though the systolic over the top went up. What we have also found is that if people look and if they're testing themselves daily, they should look at what they were doing at that same time every day. What shocks came to you? What happened on the job? Or if there was no job, what happened when you went to look for one? Or if your children are at risk? Or if your um, uh, spouse is ill? Or if you have parents that are sick? Or, you know, everybody has had shocks now. So in, even though we're talking about the African-American community, if you look at the entire American community as a whole, everybody's been living in fear because you don't have any money at this point. Nobody does. And so we get these these political yo-yoing going on so we can expect blood pressures are going to go up. The question is, how do we get them back down? There are alkaline foods that do that, two of which are called parsley and cilantro. The mm, other thing I recommend okay. is that, you know, you can parsley and cilantro both are green. They have chlorophyll in them. They add oxygen to the body and they bring your blood pressure down nice and slowly so you actually feel refreshed after you taste them and, you know, put them in, you know, how the, how the uh, flavors go. The other thing is that um, we drink various teas, herb teas, and I have recommended for folks that they use peppermint tea. Now, peppermint tea basically is a stimulant, and it's non-caffeinated. But what it does is it not only does it stimulate your heart, but when it allows your heart to come down to a resting rate, it's a natural resting rate. It's not one with what happens with sugar when you, you know, eat something with sugar and you have 15 minutes worth of really fast energy and then you have this crushing, plummeting drop in your in your uh, energy level. That's not what peppermint tea does. What peppermint tea does is it actually stimulates the amount of oxygen going into your metabolic system. Your metabolic system will adjust. And as it adjusts, it will also adjust any stresses that you have on your mind and in your body and in your soul. Finally, the other thing that I tell people to use is chamomile at night. Chamomile works as sort of a food kind of a thing, but it also helps your muscles relax. And as you sleep, your body will do its job. And its job at night is to cleanse, clean up, heal, and eliminate. So having chamomile in the evening would be a good idea. Very good idea because it it improves, even even if you don't fall asleep right away, you relax enough so that your body can take over and do what it is intended to do. You know, so when I say God didn't make no junk, I'm seriously telling you that you have a machine that works. You just have to feed it properly and go with that. So let's 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 try some cilantro. Let's try some parsley. If the doctor has you on 10 milligrams of hydrochlorothiazide, you know you're going to have to go eat a banana because that potassium has got to be put back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your cell wall is going to collapse. You see what I mean? All right, so let's hear a little bit from Brother Dasan, and I have oodles and oodles of questions, but let's uh, hear what his thoughts are about uh, some of the nutritional um, changes and steps that that people need to take. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um, Well, from my perspective, um, I think that our people are definitely mineral-deprived, 
and that um, we need to eat more alkaline foods, as my sister just um, mentioned. And um, there's also other ways of uh, raising your alkalinity by consuming certain herbs that are very, very mineral rich, like sea moss. Um, mm-hmm. From from my studies, the body's made of at least 102 minerals. And when we consume CMOS, uh, CMOS contains about 92 of those minerals. So you're feeding what about minerals are people 80%. lacking in? Uh, well, a lot of minerals. I mean, like you need chromium to feed the, the, the pancreas. Um, iron is um, very important because it's like the Uber driver for the rest of the minerals. It, it carries the other ones with it. Mm. Um, a lot of people are very low on iron, and iron is is uh, super necessary when it's when it comes to trying to heal yourself um mm-hmm. magnesium uh, but um you can accomplish that through eating eating certain types of foods like um the berries are very good they're high in antioxidants they help kill free radicals uh, and then knowing what foods to combine with each other like the berries should be eaten with the berries the uh the leafy Vegetables should be eaten with the leafy vegetables. Um, the fruits that um, change in color should be eaten with the fruits that change. The skin changes color. The melons should only be eaten with melons. Um, we can do a lot of damage to ourselves even eating the right types of foods, but in the wrong combinations as well. Um, yes. Yeah. And then there's other uh, herbs like marine phytoplankton, which is another algae that grows in the ocean, like... Um, like sea moss, and it's very mineral rich. But the the difference between that herb is is that it's it can penetrate your cells um, without going through your digestion. It goes straight to the cells and feeds the cells, and it's very high in chlorophyll. It's responsible for an abundance of the oxygen in the entire world. Um, yeah, so incorporating um, certain herbs that um, feed the body properly. And then also another thing is um, cleansing the body out because of eating so much fast food and um, foods that do not contain minerals, foods that are uh, very high in acidity, um, hybrids that are uh, man-made. It it brings the pH level down and it puts strain on on our organs. Um, We have organs like our our pancreas and our, our liver that are uh, very involved in um, our digestion. And um, when we eat foods that don't process through the body fast enough, um, they release acids into the bloodstream. And then when the organs go looking for mm-hmm. the, the, the minerals, uh, it's, it's consuming the acid. And then the buildup and the, over time is, is how we end up sick in different areas of the body. Wow. So I... We're getting near the end, but I still ha- I still have oodles of questions. So before we do get to the end, <laughs> I-, I wanted to find out. I mean, one of the things I still want to know if you guys can tell me is how people can measure their pH. But I want to check in with you guys as well because I know I have still more oh. questions, and I think our listeners might have some questions as well. So would you both be uh, willing to come back to do another show, and maybe we can open up the phone lines to some listener questions? Would Thank that be do. a possibility? I, I, absolutely. Yes. 
great yes, because I'm, I'm hearing all kinds of things about, you know, what should be balanced. So that leads me to how can people find out these things? How can, you know, I've, I've heard, I hear about this, uh, I heard about you, this workshop that you guys uh, presented. Are there going to be more? And if so, how can our listeners participate or uh, get involved in that? Okay, well, our, our, um, most of our things these days are on uh, virtual. And so I think what we're going to try to do is maintain that virtual outreach because we're able to reach more people and they don't have to leave home. <laughs> it's safer. Um, I'm definitely a double masking advocate in and out of home, uh, washing hands and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you check the website for the church, St. Paul AME Church Berkeley, Okay. And that website is www.stpaulberkeley.org. So it's all lowercase letters, S-T-P-A-U-L-D-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y.org, O-R-G. That's the website. Okay. Um, if you don't see it on the website, then you can call the church. Five one zero eight four eight two zero five zero five one zero eight four eight two zero five zero, and um, the office administrator will um, either call you back or she can, if you leave your email, she can email you the um, events list, and we are working. Uh, this time to figure out what would be the best two months between now and August to do the third and the fourth one because we want to do exactly what you just asked about food combining and um, I know Brother Desan has all kinds of goodies for that and then um, I have a food combining chart that I want to use and talk about because I've been using it for years and it works and i used it with my mom when she was sick she had um congestive heart failure and uh we were able to arrest a lot of that <clears throat> by combining the berries and so forth and then i've been working with people who have kidney disease and blueberries so, oh, i really need so to talk to you okay so unfortunately then <laughs> then that music means that we are coming to the end of tonight's show so we are okay. definitely going to have to invite you guys back this was such good information, and uh, we want more of it. So thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for allowing us to come, and I do want to do one quick shout-out. Uh, we are having a food giveaway at the church on Tuesday at 1130, so people can just come. First come, first serve, wear a mask, and uh, that's it. Thank you. And hot lunch giveaway. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. So we, we are, unfortunately, Shayla, we're going to have to cut the credits because we have uh, run over to the cards time. So I'll just bring up the music and we'll flow to the cards. Thank you, everybody. Good night.